This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros. Cammy here. Alaska Thunderfuck. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen drag race? I felt so sweaty speaking to Alaska because she's very good at her job. And um, I think you can't even tell. Listen to the episode and tell me if I sound sweaty. Um, you can let me know via commenting on my Instagram. Just say yes or no sweaty. Please enjoy the episode. And hey, you know what you could do if you really love this episode? You could become a Patreon patron of this very show. You could get a hat. Who doesn't want a hat? It's going to be summer. Got to keep your eyes covered up with a hat that you will wear on your head, but which will create shade. Okay. Have a wonderful day and enjoy the episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still So I always Hi. have guests on the show introduce themselves. Will you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Hi, my name's Alaska, like the state. How's it going? Um, um obviously, it's also just a particular pleasure to hear you say, my name's Alaska. That's like a very, <laughs> it's like to have that delivered directly to me via Zoom feels like a real <laughs> honor. So thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. Anytime. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you are a beautiful and massively successful queen. Oh, that's wow. what I would say. What okay. would you say? Thank you. No, that's nice. Yeah, I do drag. I love um drag and I do drag and I'm a drag queen. And yeah, that's what I do. And you have, uh, like, I, I think a cash look on, but it's still very put together <laughs> for the podcast listeners. <laughs> it's like a sort of a. I don't know where your um, form-fitting turtleneck ends, so I'm just going to assume it's a catsuit that you have <laughs> you placed. Know. Okay, so listen. I know that this is just audio, but yeah. it it helps me to, like, put on... Because I'm going to be on camera, so we're talking yes. on Zoom. So I'm like, it helps me to, like, get in the mood to, like, put on an outfit. So I'm... This is... How did you know? I mean, you must know. This is... I'm wearing it as, like, a, you know, like a turtleneck, like a, a tiger print turtleneck. But it actually is a... um, It's a leotard. So it, yes. like... So it, like, goes down... Absolutely. Like, um, so I am like, I am ready to, to dance. You're ready today. to go. And I put pants and over the leotard. Yes. Just for pants the are over stuff. the leotard, but the top is not going to shift because it's connected through the crotch, which is a true dream come, which is true, which is a dream come true. It's secure. Um, mm -hmm. It is stable. Yeah. But That's I more than actually... I can say for myself. <laughs> I want to <laughs> ask you about what you just said, because that makes sense to me. You know, um, <laughs> wanting to like physically get into a different zone because that is such a big part of drag, right? There's a whole prep time. 
I'm assuming maybe some of that is also, yeah, getting one in the mood to be seen and to talk and, right? Is that part of it? Yeah. I mean, drag is like a whole other, like, like for the listeners, I'm not in full drag right now. I kind of am because, you know, I did my hair and I'm wearing a, a fucking leotard. But um, no, I mean, drag is fully like a transformative process. And that's why it like it takes a long time. Like people are always like, how long does it take you to get ready? And my answer is I like to have three hours. Uh, I I can do it in two hours. I can do it in one hour if you want me to be really unhappy and a complete, like, bitch to everybody. So, like, it the, pro- the process of transforming is part of it. And I believe that, like, a magical, something magical happens in that process, ideally. So then it makes sense to me that maybe it would be hard to not do that. If that is the mode that you usually are in the world or is that not true like what is it like for you to appear as this version of yourself (laughs) this is great this is just fun this is like easy and doesn't feel weird no no doesn't feel weird i'm you know i'm comfortable i just uh i'm just you know it's easy and it's fun drag no drag is a pain in the ass. I mean, it's painful. It takes forever. <laughs> it's like gross. Sure. And then it takes forever to take off. But we do it anyway. Cause it's because that's love. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm just projecting my own experience of like getting ready to do stand-up. There's a mm-hmm. whole it's not the same thing, right? But like I for instance, I like need to wear a jacket. Like it's like very important okay. to me that I'm wearing a jacket. Like yes. appearing on stage. Uh, without a jacket is uh, disorienting. Like, how, how will they place me? How will they understand what I'm saying? How will I be powerful? <laughs> right. It's just my body out here trying yeah. to tell jokes. Like, that's impossible. I'm not funny without a jacket. Like, that's that I feels guess. very true in my mind. <laughs> so Yes. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like, I, I completely get that. And I feel that way about drag. It's like, because if I were to go and if you're expecting a drag show, it's like the expectation. And and if I were to come out and I would to just be like not in drag, it would be really weird for the audience. But it would be even weirder for me because I'm like, no, that's the uh, that's what you came to see. That's the you know, that's the magic act. Absolutely. I, I guess I have. This question, because I don't, I'm very curious about the answer to this. I think you are a queen who is, um, this is just observing from afar, um, <laughs> recognizable both in and out of drag. Is that true for you? Like okay. people can place you in and out of drag? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm, you know, I'm a hundred feet tall and I, <laughs> you know, I can't, like, I try and be. I try and like blend in when I'm at the airport because I don't want to be bothered and I just want it to be like a seamless, but it's like, no, I mean, I'm really, I'm really tall and I'm, I'm sort of, I do, I, I stand out whether I like it or not. And it's really the voice that gets, you know, if I'm like at Starbucks right. or something that, and, and people are like, Maybe that is maybe that's a last card. But it's when I'm like, thank you. So right. <laughs> then they're like, yeah, yeah, the voice got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just I guess I imagine that there may be some queens who have like a level of anonymity because we're like culturally less used to seeing them out 
of drag. And so for right. you, I feel like, yeah, you've got this distinct voice. Um, what is that like to be noticed all the time in airports and at Starbucks's? Um, uh, no, I mean, it's it's great. It's not it's not at a level where it's annoying or invasive. Like, it's just, oh, I you know, it's like I run into like random friends everywhere i go so if i'm feeling like really like just sort of disoriented and at the airport it's always it's always very nice it's i don't have helicopters outside my my house and i don't have paparazzi following me at the grocery store it's just every now and then i run into a nice person and sometimes they want a picture or just that sounds lovely yeah it's not bad it's great (laughs) it's good (laughs) where are you from i don't know why i don't know this I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh. Yeah. Have I been to Erie? I don't know anything about Erie. What's that um, like? What's Erie like? It's in the upper western corner of Pennsylvania, and it's on the lake, and um, it snows like nine months out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Absolutely. <laughs> but I love it. I love getting to go back and like uh, most of my family uh, lives there and I get to go back a, a few times a year when when it's not, you know, a worldwide shutdown. <laughs> what is so it's like, as I guess, maybe smallish city. Smallish. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's always an interesting thing to uh, to kind of the be the pride of a smaller town. I I. I will say that one thing that's very cute is um, like a year ago, I released a a book. I like had a book come out and mm-hmm. um, a small group of moms from my hometown, like formed a book club just to read my book. Like that's the kind of vibe of like when you're from a small place and they can be proud of you, you know, where they're like, and they yeah. always send me handwritten uh, letters that were like, we really like this book and like, yes, queer rights or whatever you know just a bunch of moms in a suburb together reading about like my sex life (laughs) Um, they're like we're gonna skip pages 46 and 47 (laughs) they're like we're gonna highlight pages (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah so does that do you do you get that at all in in your hometown people proud i i felt that a little bit when um when uh, I recently did an interview with uh, with a reporter from from an eerie publication, and it was amazing, and it was like feeding to my soul because yeah. like that's my that's my home and and my heart, and like it was it was great. It 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 nourished my soul. It was nice. When you were a kid, there, what was that experience? I was like a really shy kid because, you know, I, I figured out very early that, you know, like, uh, probably being a little gay queer kid isn't really going to work. Like, there's no like, like, um, so I learned how to like hide and I sort of w- went really introverted. So I, I like I drew pictures a lot, which I still do, but. That was my, like, that was my journaling. I would draw, draw, like, pictures. I'm kind of a, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm actually a weird, I'm a secret introvert. um, Yeah. Where I think I can talk to a lot of people and I can be really performative and big if I need to be. 
Um, but I also would like love to be at home. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so I, uh, I feel that I also, I mean, that makes sense to me for me when I think about like why stand up a big part of it is almost like I needed to create this like person that would uh. go into the world for me where it was like, well, I don't mm. know how I will be received mm-hmm. here. Like yeah. me, soft, squishy, cammy, you know, mm-hmm. but like this, like more confident jacket wearing person, <laughs> that person <laughs> can go out <laughs> and make the money and bring it home, you know? Um, yeah. And I mean, does that, does that ring true at all? Is oh, that? God, I, you, you summed up my entire, like, yes, absolutely. That's, that's what what alaska is she she can she can break down the doors and get in places that i never could she can say things that i never would uh and she's 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 ready to be on camera and and have her picture taken whereas i'm like okay no we don't we don't have to do that (laughs) no absolutely yeah do you feel like you have a a, do you have a group of people that you can be like your chill inside person with? Yes. And yes, I need them to live. Yes, me too. <laughs> I need them to live and I don't know. Yeah, I, I would be garbage without them. So, so yes, absolutely. And who's in that group? I mean, not names, but like, uh, is it queer folks? Is it folks you grew up with? Is it where, where did you meet those people? Um, uh, oh yeah, queer as, queer as fuck, uh, folks, um, uh, my, my just, like, really close friends, and, and also, like, artistically, you know, we, we work together as well, so it's, like, so they're a part of it, so it's, it's more fulfilling to, like, it, be involved with, like, my friends and, and the people I love, it, when they get to be, like, when we all get to be a part of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I get, I, I, I'm, I'm listening, but I, for me, this group of people is not other stand-up comics. Um, but I think, I mean, maybe it's just that like that industry is mostly straight cis dudes. So there was like a time limit on what we'd have in common. Like in my early twenties, I was like, we're all the same. And then like now I'm like, I don't know. Like I really like these guys, but like they're not my like core dudes. Like I'm not living that life of like sitting around listening to a bunch of guys talk about drumming or whatever, like drum solos on whatever record. Like, I'm just not doing that anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Good, for I'm the- glad to hear that. I'm yeah. glad. <laughs> but for you, it's, it sounds like you're talking about other Queens. It sounds like you're talking about a group of, uh, no, performers. no, not really. I mean, uh, it, partially. Yes. Um, uh, but, but n- not, not exclude I, I it's like my my real my really like my close sisters some of them are drag queens some of them are like drag adjacent and so it's like we but but all but always artists drag adjacent is <laughs> sounds great <laughs> <laughs> So how is um how is your pandemic going? Um uh, right now I'm like a rat in a cage um because um uh, it's like 
I'm really close to being fully vaccinated. And so I feel like it's the end of the school year and I don't feel like doing my homework. I don't feel like reading War and Peace. I just feel like going on summer vacation. And um, and I'm just like, I'm like bouncing off the walls. I'm like ready to get the fuck out. That's where I'm at at this point. But no, I'm very, you know, I mean, you know, it's it's been really devastating for a lot of people. And I'm just, I'm blessed that drag has found a way to survive in one form or another during all of this. So. Yeah. What has that looked like for you? The the drag element of pandemic times? Well, I mean, there were like, there were digital shows. We mm-hmm. were able to do uh, the pageant that we did. You know, we did it originally in a theater and then we were like, I don't know, should we do it? Should we do it again? And then we did it at, in a digital format and it was really cool. And we actually learned that like, that actually opened up the doors for people from all around the world to come in, like, watch right. and be part of it. So I think we're going to incorporate that. Even when we get back into a theater, we're going to be, like, we're going to do it some sort of live stream thing with it, too. So those And podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is cool. The, the ways that, I mean, I don't know that stand-up will work the same way, but it, that does make sense to me for drag that keeping a, a virtual element would be really additive and really help performers to be able to get extra revenue or extra exposure or just like bigger audiences because you're not confined to the number of seats that are in the theater so that's i mean that sounds like a there are there are some things that are going to stay with us and that that could be one of them for sure um yeah that makes sense i think so and that's one of the you know one of the few good things that we've taken away from all this yeah Especially because, I don't know, for some reason, it seems like drag uh, productions are always, like, a little ahead of the game in <laughs> terms of, is that, what's the laugh? Yes, no. Yes. Oh, my God. In terms of, like, I mean, I feel like stand-up is, like, people were figuring, were, were attempting to figure out how to turn their microphones on. And right. in drag, in the pandemic, people were already, like, <laughs> performing, like, virtually at drive-ins and also like at home with their full setups like shooting mm-hmm. beautiful high def stuff so it does it's a maybe it's just a field that already draws that sort of self-sufficiency you know because i mean yeah. i don't know people are like making their own yeah. costumes to start things like that and then that mm-hmm. naturally evolves i don't know why that would be so specific to drag but well, I feel like drag, I feel like, you know, like everything sort of, everything sort of went digital, like, you know, the pandemic happened and it was like, so everyone was like, so normal people or like the the vast majority of people in the world were like, oh, I better get a ring light and a microphone. And drag queens were like, I already have a ring light. I have a backdrop. <laughs> Honey, I have a, I've been recording music in my, in my house for years. I, I have a microphone. Oh so, Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, you're right. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Well, congrats to you for being uh, at a different. I just feel like it It was very funny to watch the number of comics that were just like, I won't be performing for the next year as like queens were doing high kicks like across their oh, living room. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. Drag yeah. queens are like, no, no apocalypse here. <laughs> no. Um, do you miss the 
in-person stuff or yes. is there any of it that's a relief oh it, yeah you just missed <laughs> yes. it yep there we go <laughs> yes i yeah. miss it so much i miss bars i miss dressing rooms i miss audiences i there's nothing i mean there's nothing more soul crushing than the like half a second delay on zoom when you're like <laughs> if you're like in a group zoom call and you say something really fucking funny there's that moment of like <gasps> when there's just silence for a second like Absolutely. oh no it wasn't as funny as it was in my bra- oh no it was okay it was funny no it's <laughs> constant it's horrible uh, no there's nothing like in person it, that's why it's an art form that has been around for thousands and thousands of years is because there's nothing like it talk to me about little you younger you uh finding drag where did you first where did you first see drag performers uh where did i first see drag well I first saw drag on um, the movie The Birdcage. Oh, yeah. And I, um, and, you know, I, I saw, you know, Nathan Lane as Starina, like being the queen of ceremonies. And I was like, okay. I saw um, Tu Wong Fu. And I, they kept saying drag queen, drag queen, drag. And I, I kept hearing dry clean. Like I thought they were talking about like dry cleaning. Like I didn't, I didn't really understand. And when I first saw a drag queen performing in real life, I think it was like in Morgantown, West Virginia. And I walked in, there was a drag queen like lip syncing her song. And I was like, I was, I said to my boyfriend at the time, I was like, why isn't she, why isn't she singing? What? What's going on? <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really understand drag. I liked it, but I didn't understand it at all. The Birdcage is just to circle back on that for a second. That is a beautiful movie. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny, and and also like there are definitely. Well, I think it's aged pretty well. I watched it a couple years ago, um, and it yeah. felt still very good and still I, very yeah. sweet. It it is, and the writing is so funny, and the actors are all brilliant, and it's also like strangely like kind of about like it kind of applies to now. It's like the they're like politically so divided these people, and then they have to come together. It's like yeah. that. I I don't know. I think they should like do a remake of it, and it's like um super conservative right with. Super, super liberal. Absolutely. Let's make that movie. Let's go. Let's end this call and go make that movie. Beep, beep, um, beep. Yeah, it's 100%. I also think another thing that stood out to me when I first saw that, because I'm trying to think, of, I don't know when I first saw it, but the idea that, um, oh my God, what is her name? Christine, the Bransky. actor who, yes, yes. Yeah. The idea that Christine Bransky, her character is not mad at Robin Williams character like she misses him in there because they previously had a loving relationship Mm -hmm. but when he but he is gay and she loves him anyway and I think I think um I'm trying to think if I still even to this day have seen that kind of relationship depicted on film where like it's not like a child coming out to parents but it's talking about the complexity of queerness as it contributes to like blended families. And I I just think it's that, that movie was so ahead of its time. And, um, 
Yeah, like she just loves him. I don't know that I've seen yeah. that from like our stories are so everybody's always dying or sad and right. Also they they end at the moment where Robin Williams would come out like in a different movie. That's the end of the movie. And so just that it's like shifted forward and we actually get to see what the rest of his life is like. It's really beautiful. And, it's um, so true. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it shows the like complexity and in just like a loving, lovely way. It is. Uh, you're you're so right. Especially because for folks that are, I was thinking about this the other day. There's like a really young generation now. Like I would say Gen Z, but even maybe even younger than Gen Z. We're like they're just gonna maybe not everybody, but they're just gonna know who they are. Maybe, right. maybe. I hope. <laughs> I hope. But for folks like that are like my age, uh, that's not true. And then for folks older, so there's there are a lot of these like blended families where people had kids or relationships or marriages, and then we're just all supposed to live the rest of our lives having the complexity of those things around us. And it's not it. Anyway, I just um, I was thinking about how that might go away and how specific that is to queerness now. Just it's true. Wondering about Who knows? It. I yeah. You know, I I look forward to a Star Trek future where, you know, gender isn't such a, like, hang-up and not such sure. a, like, horrible, like, like people getting killed over wearing the right, you know, clothing. Like, I hope that it, it gets to a point where it's not so, like, so rigid. I look forward to that. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, that, you know, you're, the way that you're dressed right now is, um gender non-conforming or whatever for like for whatever phrasing we want to use um and was that when you were when did you give yourself permission to do that always in life or was there a, a moment where you felt like you could dress in the way that you wanted to oh jeez. oh i don't i mean it's still i i don't know it's still uh it's still a like journey and a conversation and it's sort of always shifting. And I don't, you know, some, I, I don't, that that's the thing about gender is like, I don't, uh, I don't really believe, like, I don't, I don't believe in it because, <laughs> because it, it just changed. It's so mutable and it like is constantly changing. And it's like sometimes I want to be more like femme and sometimes I fucking don't want to be. And and so it's like, why, you know, so I can't really, I, I don't, so I don't know that there's a phrase. I guess gender nonconforming is cool. My friend Jeremy likes to say gender floral. Which yeah, I like. absolutely. I like for me, gender fuckage. I like that yeah. a lot, you know. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I guess it started like I like when I was in like like high school and college. I was very like, but I was like I was trying to be like kind of like act, act not effeminate so that I could like go on like get laid and go on dates with guys because it was it was told to me that like that's what you have to do. And then at a certain point, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to be as faggy and as gay as I possibly can. And so I just went the other way with it. And so I guess that was like, and that's when I started to get into drag. I was like, I want to go 
to the I want to indulge this sort of instinct within me that is effeminate and sort of and and gay. And so I did. And that I fell into drag. Yeah, that's also interesting because I don't know that I think like in a post in a post like drag race world, I don't know that younger folks like folks who are like if that's their first exposure to queerness for instance mm-hmm. i don't know that they will know about this thing that you're talking about maybe they will but where um uh like to butch it up was was very that thing that you're talking about about like to get laid i had to butch it up i mean i, yeah. I would love to talk about more about that for a second because i feel like it's something that as a community as we're talking more about like a spectrum of gender i feel like we're not talking about that as much but it was i mean i definitely know what you're talking about and remember that idea of like giant muscles and like uh yeah like masculinity being super prized what what age were you when that was happening when you were like getting those messages um i mean you know 18 and what were you trying to do? Like, what what were you trying to wear or be or be interested in? I don't know. I guess it was just, like, trying to, like, control my mannerisms. Very, like, mm. fucking, you know, very uh, Nathan Lane and the Birdcage. It was very, like, trying to, like... And, of course, it, even in trying to do that, I was still failing at it because I ultimately, like, I can't, I, I can't do it even if I try. Um, (laughs) uh, But I, you know, just trying to like, you know, calm down the clothes, nothing too like flashy, um, calm down the, the mannerisms, the, the, the speaking. It's like, and eventually I would, I just felt so like repressed and oppressed by that. I was like, fuck, fuck that. And the funny thing is once I did that, once I said, fuck that bullshit, then I started, like, really having, like, great relationships and great, you know, uh, dalliances with with people who really, like, saw me and really got me. And so, ultimately, that's going to be better, like, in intimacy anyway than if you're, like, trying to, I don't know, be something else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm still trying to... I mean, at this point in my life, even still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to wear and how I'm supposed to be in the world, because uh, I don't know. What is the like mask of center cheetah print leotard? I That's what I need. That's what I need. I need the I need the opposite side of the coin that you're doing. Um, and anyway, I feel like it's. Well, when I look at something like Drag Race or you, when I look at you, you know, like in culture, I just think you're giving so many people permission to mm. be the person that they are. Um, and I'm, I feel like I can't always identify who is giving me permission. Like, I mean, number one, I could just give it to myself, but I don't always have mm-hmm. like aspirational people that I can look to and go like, I mean, I think Lena Waithe looks amazing all the time. Who else looks amazing? I can't. I, I My list is short. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um I guess I want to ask you about so you started dating you started dating started doing where were you where were you when you started geographically when you started doing I was drag. in Pittsburgh. I went to school ah. at, at the University of Pittsburgh 
and it was toward the end. Like I was, I was involved in theater and then I was like, then I was like getting into drag and it was like, at that point, drag was very underground. It was not, you know, it was sort of like, it was sort of like my roommate. It was like the bane of my roommate my roommate's existence <laughs> because drag is messy and it's wild and it's da- it would i was it was dangerous it was like you know like um it was certainly not a viable career choice it was sort of like i was i was like i was throwing away you know like like oh you're gonna throw away your life and go do drag like you you know it was not what it is now which is like oh now it's like a career path. totally <laughs> it's just baffling to me that is wild yeah that's a massive change <laughs> also Pittsburgh is beautiful um so beautiful which is so weird I don't know why I didn't ever just just saying that just I'm just saying that as a public service announcement to the listeners of the podcast because I didn't know that until a few years ago and I it drove really in there is. for a show uh, and was like wait what <laughs> I did it's not beautiful and fun beautiful. and fierce I love it yeah when you were first performing there what size community you know were you one of a few is there was there like a vibrant scene at the time well that's the thing about drag is like anywhere you go that even at that time anywhere you went there were drag queens like drag was happening it we didn't have a tv show it we didn't have i mean really i guess a little bit of the internet but even before the internet like drag was happening it was going on and um because it's like a necessary thing for the community you know like we needed a so it was like so i would get to know very organically the drag queens who were in town like that's how it worked it was like i went and i did a a contest show and i met some queens that way and then it you know it continued that way and then you know we were friends and then we were sisters and yeah yeah. well also you're right of of course it was happening and i i do think that i was thinking about when you said that you miss bars earlier like mm. that was one of the first things you said you missed. Mm-hmm. And I it's uh that's also specific, I think, to what you're talking about, because I th- I mean, I'm, I think now you perform mostly in theaters. Is that true? Do you mostly perform in theaters now or sometimes? Perform uh, in theaters? It's been so long. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, you I don't mostly know. Perform yes. In your house right now. You perform in, <laughs> in house. my house. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Um, yeah. theaters i also fucking love nightclubs and i love i love bars so you know a little of yeah a little of all of it yeah i I was gonna say that i think to my knowledge anyway and the first the first time i saw drag so like in provincetown people there would be drag queens performing in theaters but outside of provincetown it was bars and, and nightclubs and you're competing with um like all manner of screaming, all manner of people getting drinks, all manner mm-hmm. of people hooking up. Um, mm-hmm. I, like I went to those shows when I was first performing myself. Sometimes I would have, I actually sometimes did sets at those shows, which honestly, that's, what a terrible experience. <laughs> that's terrifying. Don't yeah. do that. 
No, Don't we, do that to yourself. Why was anybody booking me? I just was like at the place where you had to say yes to everything. And they'd be like, of course. I guess. And, you know, like I like oh my God. put on my like vest and bow tie and was just like, People are like, we don't want to see this. And I'm like, no, I agree. But I am making $50, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to tell the jokes. Yeah, exactly. Um, But that's a that's a sort of a rowdy. Yeah, that's like a rowdy version of I guess I was going to ask if you still have that, if you still have that like rowdy out there in the mix version of performing this or if that's changed at all. Yes, I do. And that's why. You know, that's why I gravitated toward drag because it sort of goes a step beyond theater in in a sort of like, you know, the theater is like, there's a strict delineation. It's like when you're on stage, you're in your costume, you're in your character and you do your thing. And then the curtain comes down, you take off, your, you are never to wear your, co- your costume out into the world. That is forbidden in the theater. In drag, it's like, I come right off stage. I'm still in it. The The line is completely broke. I'm at the bar getting it. You know, it's like, it like completely shatters that like strict delineation, which I liked, you know? And I, you know, I love theater and I love the rules of it, but drag was very like, there are no, there are no rules. The The thing you saw on stage is suddenly like in the parking lot getting getting in the car, you know, <laughs> like yeah. loading suitcases into the trunk. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> or I mean, in, in Provincetown specifically, that's a very funny uh, uh, place to see drag queens because folks flyer for their own shows. And so there's just there are just folks in the middle of the street uh, or riding a bicycle around. Have you, do you perform yeah. there ever? Have you ever performed there? I've never, I'm the, uh, as gay as I am. I've never been to Provincetown. <gasps> it's, it's on my list of things I must do like soon. I really want to go because it's like a super gay place. It is there. a super gay place. It's also, it's the, it's at the end of the state of massachusetts and i remember the first time that i went there (laughs) when i was like in college because i went to college in boston it is funny to 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 think about like the gay the the gays just like continuing to move to the edge like if there's we couldn't go any further along that state we would fall into the ocean (laughs) so it really was people being like please leave us alone let us live our lives let us be gay please there's Uh, no reason you need to travel through here this is um (laughs) actually that is the first place i ever saw a drag queen i was there i was there with my i don't know why i had it i have an aunt who lives in boston who we all went to see her. My whole family, grandparents are there. Grandparents from rural Ohio are there. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, she and her husband convinced us that Provincetown was mostly known as an artist colony, which it is an artist colony, yeah. but it's also very gay place. And the, I think I was, yeah. I think I was like ten or eleven, and we took the ferry over. And there, um, I do remember walking with my entire family behind somebody who was in full dragon wearing assless chaps. I guess you don't need to say assless. You can just say chaps and wearing chaps with nothing underneath. And Work. just being like, I I've never even seen an ass before, let alone right. let alone this Out, all on of an display. Ass. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's the earth. As you 
as you look into the summer, do you do you have dates yet? Are you doing any of that stuff? Are you booking anything? Um, I just love it because it's like it's like I'll see something and it's like, oh, they have high hopes. They Ex- exactly, you know, it's like scheduled. It's like, okay, well, yeah, I believe in positive <laughs> thinking too. Do I think it's going to actually happen? We shall see. But no, there are things. I'm like scared to even look because it's like, I don't know. There are things. I don't know. Yes, there are things that are happening. Mostly I'm. What am I? What is the? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. No, that's moving to September. Okay. So. No. No, I don't. But this April is what 15th, the CDC. My oh, comedy ahead. special if... comes out. Which is and very we can important. all do that. We can we all, can do, all that. do that. Tell us more about that. <laughs> April 15th, your comedy special comes out. Tell me more about it. Um, It's like a thing. And we recorded it in the pre-COVID times. And then, you know, I was like, this makes no sense. I can't, you know, during the pandemic, I was like, we can't put this out. So we put it, you know, we put it away. Then we were like, should we even be telling jokes? Is this appropriate? Is this? So then we like, so then we took that conversation and incorporated it into it. And so it's like, so it's really cool and funny. And um, I'm excited about it. It comes out April 15th on Out TV USA. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, yes, we can't all watch that. And second of all, this is really what the CDC should be using to determine the end of the pandemic is you looking at your calendar and being like, nope, not going to happen this summer. And that and that I really just, feels like. I do, you know, accurate projection. I'm serious. <laughs> uh, I know, but hopefully, you know, hopefully that thing that is moving to September actually moves to September. Wait, June? Is this happening? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I know. It's true. <laughs> we will see. Um, you're I want to go back because you were talking about your voice. You were talking about trying to change your voice a little bit earlier, way earlier in your life. Um, yeah. What first what of is all, that? When did you know this is like like how did this evolve? Is this always how you talked? Was there a moment where this was different? Like talk to me about that. It is so distinctive. I wish I knew and I wish that I could report that like my whole family sounded like this but they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like why did this happen? What is going on? Like at what process? I don't know. I wish I could pinpoint it. I don't know. Like, why does Tim Gunn talk like Tim Gunn? You know, like, I don't. Is it a gay thing? Is it like, I, I honestly have no idea. But I know I started to know like what I started to know my my <laughs> my voice. Uh, what, well, I started to know that that I sounded like strange because people would imitate me like at me and i think it sure. actually came from like whining because i'd be like no i don't want to and my and my friends or my my like siblings would like like imitate that back at me what age like are we talking about when like high you? school i think okay yeah and then when I was in college, like I really knew it was a thing because my roommate started to talk like me and like people were telling him like, you're starting to sound like Justin, bro. Uh, you can't help it. If you move in with me, you can't help it. It's contagious. 
That does sound like I can imagine that that's true. Yes. Well, I think that something that is actually very pleasing about your voice is that so you have like vocal fry going on. You know what yeah. I'm talking about with vocal fry, right? Yeah. Um, which is, I think, oftentimes we associate that. Or like when it was, do you remember when like the New York Times was writing like a thousand? This is like before Trump was president and we had like nothing to worry about. And they were writing like a thousand articles about vocal fry. Like the like NPR was already talking about it. There was a period of time when that was our biggest news story that people were like obsessed with vocal fry. Oh, I um, miss those days. And yes, exactly. And they were talking specifically about um, women and how when women were entering the workforce, like mm -hmm. sort of a generation of women that were entering the workforce that were used to talking like this, that it was prohibiting their like growth at work. Mm, um, and okay. so, yeah, I mean, it was like massively misogynistic. It was just, it was essentially articles upon articles that were like, talk like, talk, hey, look, talk look. normal, <laughs> talk, look, look, we want, we absolutely think you should be a partner at this firm, but just, can you talk completely different? Um, anyway, so I just think that it's, uh, it's extra satisfying to hear you sound like this because you also are at a lower register than we're maybe used to hearing. Um, right. Folks yeah. Speak at that. And it, I think that is really distinctive. And it also is, I mean, whatever, I can make anything so serious, but it is like, <laughs> yeah, it's like creating a lot of space, you know? And, and like, it truly is um, some like social justice shit to just like talk in a way that, that as queer people, we are told not to talk and that oh women gosh. are told not to talk. Like, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. You know, it's well, upending culture. Well, it's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I could stop if I wanted to, but, you know. Uh, well, now I'm like, with now we're talking about it. So now I hear it and I'm like, well, okay. So, so I've been like, you know, as I like learn how to like you sing and like, so there's like so i could do it like up here and is that is this not vocal fry like sometimes it's easier on my if i'm talking for a really long time like uh, if i'm talking for a really long time on a podcast i can do it like up here and it isn't um vibrating anything down in my throat but like i naturally just end up down there i mean and what a and what a pleasure for us all thank god <laughs> Thank God you're not talking like you're just for like this. Yeah, I think it also, I don't know. I mean, again, we can stop talking. I don't, this is not to, but I, I just think it is, there's like a comfort to watching somebody speak. Yeah. In like their real voice. Like this is your real voice. So yeah. yeah. Don't put on that diction that shit. <laughs> Get that out of here. You want that. All right. Uh, just change America by causing all of us to speak like you slowly over time which i think Anytime. is actively happening right exactly. um well before i send you back into your day there's always at the end of the podcast um i ask folks to shout out a queero mm -hmm. which is a person place or thing that made you feel that you could be who you are today mm -hmm. do you have anybody to shout out i mean probably jackie beats um uh who, you know, when I first moved to West Hollywood, she was, I mean, she, and she still is, you know, the queen 
of drag. Uh, and she had her own her own songs and her own website and her own t-shirts and you know and and I was like I was like I want to I like I want to be like that I want to be like her and so now and so like that's the reason I registered a website and this was pre-drag race or whatever I registered a website and I start and I like had t-shirts no one was visiting this web domain and no one was buying the shirts <laughs> but I I did those steps because I wanted to be like Jackie B I recorded my own music because I wanted to be like Jackie B and now it's it's wild because now we're like friends we're like really good friends and we like like we like talk and hang out so it's, yeah that's beautiful yeah but but like i i look up to her as someone who is really amazing at drag who loves the art form of drag who has fought for the art form of drag and continues to do so and um is just so fucking good i realize i want to ask you one more question first of all thank okay. you for shouting out jackie this yeah. is what i want to ask you um was this always your drag name? I'm so lucky because yes. A lot of times it's like you go through a sort of like you go through oh I, this is my drag name now and then it doesn't really work out or it's hard to say or it sounds too much like something else and so you're in a nightclub and people are saying it wrong on the microphone consistently. I got so lucky that my name is so easy you cannot fuck it up though when i was first starting people were like alexis thunder thighs yes like <laughs> okay so it can be messed up but if you're reading it off a piece of paper you can't fuck it up you can't misspell it so i'm very very lucky i got i got lucky the first try and i well, stole that... my name from marijuana say it again i stole my name from a strain of marijuana it's called alaskan thunderfuck oh i didn't know that it's still out there. You can get it. It's good. It grows outdoors. Well, congrats <laughs> to that weed for having amazing an amazing name because your because your your name is amazing. So thank God. Yeah, phew. Um also that does sound like something one would do while smoking weed. Look at the package and be like, that's it. That's my name. That's my drag name. <laughs> that's where it came from. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, it was a total pleasure speaking to you. And thanks, thanks for your time. And also I can't wait to watch everything you do in the future. Thank you so much. It was really nice talking to you. Uh, yeah. 